Welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. I want to welcome you back today as we enter in part two of our Spiritual Warfare series. The six seasons of prayer. You know, Jesus is before me, behind me, always beside me. And I want you to know today that you are surrounded by God. Whether you're listening to me on Anchor or Breaker or Google Podcast or Apple, Pocket Podcast, RadioPublic.com or Spotify or CastBox or Overcast, I want to welcome you and all the new countries that are uh, coming on board listening worldwide. We welcome all of our listeners today. We are here. And it's very important for us to stay connected right now during this time in America. When we see Satan coming against us in a new warfare. The Bible said, Jesus said in Matthew 18 and 20, wherever two or more or two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. So I pray if you're listening to the broadcast, that's more than two or three. Let's, let's have church. Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord God, acknowledging that there is a supernatural spiritual warfare being waged against us in America and around the world. Recently, I've had someone tell me that that was in Portland, Oregon, in the midst of those riots and said you could see their mass face, but you could see a glow of red within their eyes. And he didn't believe it was the fire that was reflecting. He thought it was a demon from hell on the face of those rioters, those looters, those those uh, that were starting and burning businesses. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord God, that we would, we would come back into the hollow of thy mighty hands and under your, the shadow of your mighty wings, Lord God, as you would bring us back as a fold together, the churches together, that they would reopen and allow your people to come in and to worship and to praise your name. And we pray this morning, Lord God, that you would intercede on our behalf, you said in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then would you hear from heaven and you would forgive our sin and you would heal our lands. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that today would be that day when Christians all around America, beginning right here in America and then around the world, and I'm speaking to you in the sound of my voice, wherever you may be receiving this in the world today, we are having a call to action, a call to prayer, a call where every Christian would hit their knees and begin to pray Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Return us, O Lord God, to the time when America knew and trusted you, O Lord God. 
It's on all of our money. It's on all of our, our, our buildings. In God we trust. Let us get back in this country to trusting our Heavenly Father to guide and direct us in the way we must go to bring peace and tranquility back to America and then around the world. We ask these things today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. You know, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ is before us. He's behind us. He's always beside us. And we are constantly surrounded by Almighty God. In Ephesians 6, 18 and 20, it says, Praying always with all power and supplication in the Spirit. Listen to what it said. In the Spirit. For we must pray to a God because God is Spirit. So we need to pray in Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Verse 19, Ephesians 6, verse 19. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly. Say that word with me. Boldly to make therein known the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, And let us not be weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want you to understand today, in this part two, as we look at the news around the world, and I don't care what news, CNN, NBC, whatever it is, they're all, they're all kind of, prejudice one side or the other, but I want you to listen to what's actually happening in the streets of America. We've got the looting, the stealing, the burning, the, the murder. On the other hand, we have coronavirus still killing people. On the other hand, we have fires like we've never seen before on the face of this planet, especially in the, here in America, California, Oregon, Arizona, all these massive fires that are burning and taking life. I want you to remember the words of the Lord to Peter when he said in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, and he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, and thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthened thy brethren. Saying, go out and strengthen your brothers and your sisters in Christ. For the next little while, I feel an urgency and a pressing in the spirit to, to continue to bring to your mind that you are in a spiritual battle that is never going to quit. There's no rest or relief from it. As long as you are walking in this life. However, there's an importance in, in knowing the devices of the devil and the remedies that the Lord has provided for every saint of God who is involved in this warfare, in this battle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, 
for we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of his devices. Last time reminded you of the devices of the devil using many of the kinds of types of temptations in their seasons. Last week I said the first season of temptation takes place immediately after your conversion. And the second season of temptation takes place when the pain of life settles in on us. The third season of temptation takes place when we are about to embark on some great victory in Jesus. And the fourth season of temptation will take place when the devil puts objects near us that will cause us to fall. And the fifth season of temptation was will take place after we have received that great grace and that great mercy of Almighty God. And I said the sixth season of temptation will take place when we are in the hour of our own death. So with all that in mind, consider the devil's devices. I now can point you to one of the remedies that the Lord has provided for every one of us in our hour of need. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication. Say that with me. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Just as there are seasons of temptation, there are also seasons of prayer. But this prayer is not just any prayer. It is a prayer that is mixed with fasting. Well, when the disciples ask Jesus how he could take the, the, uh, the, the, the demons out, he said, this comes only by prayer and fasting. Anytime someone decides to set aside a time of fasting to go with their prayer, extraordinary spiritual things can take place. It can begin. See, we have to prevail over ourselves. It very well could be that there is a spiritual laziness that can settle in on us by the devil. We may also have to battle against the restlessness that does not allow us to get focused into our prayer. You know what I'm talking about. Your mind begins to turn when you try to meditate, when you try to pray. All of a sudden, everything that's going on around you is, is so focused. Prayer can often do much for encouragement of your own soul. If it takes making prayer lists, prayer cards, or even prayer guides that will help you pray more efficiently, do it. Please do it. But in the end, you will have to prevail over laziness and lethargic restlessness, a weak spiritual life, the tendency to doubt, carnality and worldliness, personal situations and trials, people and the devil, finally. All these things prepare you to come into a place of prayer. Because we are in the spiritual battle, a spiritual war. We must pray. Pray as individuals. Pray as churches. Pray as the body of Christ. Hallelujah. But as there are six seasons of temptation, there are also six seasons of prayer. With neither of those lists being exhausted, you can search the scriptures and find others to add to them. In seasons, it says... In season of great difficulty, the first season of prayer is when you are in a season of great difficulty. And this is probably the easiest motivation that we have to pray. It's very easy to give ourselves a prayer when we are having a set difficulty circumstances to deal with. When things aren't going right, we're always there asking God. More often than not, in our Christian walk, we are faced with mountains uh, that will impede our progress. Mark chapter 11, 22 through 24. And Jesus answered, saith unto them, 
Have faith in God. Say that with me. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So there's a, a massive mountains that God can send to the sea. We have been called to repentance. We've been called to separate from the system of this world. We've been called to bear our cross daily. And we've been called to to mortify our sins. We've been called to submit and to evangelize. You see, sometimes the most challenging mountains are all, all are the ones that rise within our own souls. But given time, faith, and a steady persistence, there can be much power that comes through God that the strongholds can literally be pulled down and tossed into the sea. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. But first you have to get past that. It is a season of difficulty that prayer must prevail in every church in America today and around the world. It's time that they open the doors back up and let God's people begin to worship and praise. They can have protests. We can have rioting. And yes, we can have political campaigns, but we are still told we cannot worship our Heavenly Father, the one that we put on our money, the one that we owe America to. Our forefathers always included God in every decision making America what it is today. So what about that difficult time that Esther had to contend with? She was entering the presence of the king without an invitation, which could be a death sentence. I'll be preaching on Esther soon. Her people were already under the death sentence because of the actions of the sneaky uh, Haman. Yet she approaches and challenges her life with a time of prayer and fasting. Much prayer and much fasting. She determined that this was one time in her life that she could not hold her peace. She had to move her season of difficulty into an arena of prayer. Glory to God. I want you to notice she does not go to God alone, but she gathers the forces of others who are enlisted to a time of prayer and fasting for the health of her people. In Esther chapter 4, verse 16, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in in Shesman, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. And I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. I wonder today, have you ever been there? Have you ever been there, church? Have you ever been in a season of difficulty that only resort you could rely on was prayer? In the book, Bill Dross, the Pentecost, uh, by Mike and Lorna 
Waticus. The story of that was told of Bill Dross' conversion. His father died when he was 10, requiring him to immediately go to work in the coal mines in New Brunswick, Canada, to support the family. And his family had been religious, but his mother had been particularly opposed to Brother Dross getting involved with anyone who had received the Holy Ghost. In fact, she told him that the Holy Ghost was really the devil possessing people, and if he went around them, the devil would get him. However, time passed, and there were several small meetings in the community called Bible meetings. Y'all remember those? They're called Bible meetings, prayer meetings, praise God, which were small groups where people would go and get together and discuss the Bible and pray. During these meetings, people were receiving the Holy Ghost, and Brother Drost decided to go to one, and his mother got furious about it and told him to never go back again, that he was never to, again to go around those holy rollers, she called them. The story is lengthy, but after a while, he kept hearing reports of what was going on out, of the, out in the country. So one day, Sunday came along, and in his heart, he was so torn about what he, was taking place that he decided to go to another one of these Bible meetings. He got on his bicycle and he rode 17 miles to the place where the service was taking place. And the service was filled with the power of Almighty God. And he saw numerous people getting the Holy Ghost, receiving the infilling. And he was totally taken in by with the work of the Spirit. And it only increased his hunger for God. He managed to get back home with the without his mother questioning him as to his whereabouts. But on Monday, when he got home from work, his mother began to quiz him about the Sunday trip. And he quietly confessed to where he had been, and suddenly, and so unexpectedly, his mother grabbed a broom and began to beat him with it. In the tussle, he fell to the floor, and his mother continued to beat him despite the cries of his sister who wanted her to stop. All while she was screaming to he at him, that she would rather he be dead than to live in the same house with holy rollers. So shocked was he by all this, and in deep discouragement settled in on him because of his mother was religious and was a member of the Go Preacher movement, who were against any kind of organized religion activities in church buildings. She took the Bible away from him and would not let him read it. So late at night, he would sneak a Bible into his room after she was asleep and read it under the covers with a flashlight. During a three-month period, October through December, he read through the New Testament 17 times. 17 times. There was a Pentecostal woman who lived down from him who managed to smuggle some notes to him concerning the Holy Ghost, and he would voraciously read them also during his late-night Bible studies. And this hunger began to grow, and it led him to further prayer and, and greater desires to know God. Finally, one afternoon, he had been out praying behind his house in the pine trees when the Lord told him to go to the meeting tonight. And it was on New Year's Eve, and he did not even know that there was a meeting on that night. But he got up, and he went to his house, got ready. When he told his mother where he was going, she shouted that he would only go over her dead body, but he took off around her jumped the fence around the yard, headed for the meeting. His mother stood out in the snow and screamed and yelled for him until finally some of the neighbors came out and told him that she would be quiet, that no harm would come to, to Brother Drost. On that night, Brother Drost got the Holy Ghost, but not before he had endured all 
the altar workers who were pushing him, shoving him, panting on his back, yelling in his ear and so forth. He got so irritated about it that he finally started for the door. He was in, intercepted by a pastor who pleaded with him to come back one more time, that these good people were in their simple way just trying to help him. Brother Drusk came back and he started to pray again. And before it was over, it was 4 a.m. when he started home. His mother was waiting on him and demanded to know where he was. And when he started trying to explain kindly where he had been and that the Holy Ghost had came upon him again and he began to speak with tongues in the house. You see, when you're in a season of great difficulty, we pray, we go to God in prayer. Hallelujah. That's when, that's when the Holy Ghost is there. You see, when we don't know Jesus, the Holy Ghost is just kind of behind us, kind of nudging us forward to find Jesus. But when we find Jesus Christ and we accept him and he recovered in the blood, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost is beside us, leading us, guiding us, directing us. Always. When you are in a season of great difficulty, go to God in prayer. Hallelujah. And in the season of great darkness, the first season of prayer is when you are a season of great personal difficulty. The second season of prayer is when you are in a great darkness. And many in America and around the world are in that season right now of great darkness. The unknown, not knowing what's going to happen in the world around us. We've all had to endure times when we were in dark. No light could be found anywhere. The key to understanding was what to do is to take an example from the godliness of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, And I set my face unto the Lord God to speak, to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and a sackcloth and ashes. Daniel was certainly in a dark place. He could not understand the very mysteries of God, but that all changed when he began his appeal with prayer and fasting. I want you to notice that the vehicle, the vehicle, that the answer came through. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to the chest in thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came up to me and reminded there was a king of Persia. And, and I remained, excuse me, I remained there with the king of Persia. And there are some who are still hesitant to believe that you are in a spiritual warfare, in spiritual battle. And I'm encouraging you right now, more than ever before, to keep the faith, brothers and sisters, Saints of God, keep the faith when you are in that dark and cannot see your way. Keep on praying. Keep on fasting. Glory to God. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Hallelujah. See, God has a way with working things out. And I want to encourage you right now. I want to encourage in going back and picking up that little prayer book that we all used prior to... to, to uh, Things going on in our lives. Maybe it was in a little Sunday school somewhere that you got one. Maybe it's just in, in your little Holy Bible that you carry with you. 
or maybe it's in the family Bible that you have. But there is one there somewhere. There's that little book. It's called the Bible. And I encourage you to grab that little book. It's not a good book. People say it's the good book. I, ca I call it a great book. The world's greatest book. And we used to use that book in times of darkness. You see, <laughs> it's loaded with prayer and praying in such a way that empowers God to work in your life with blessings and the work of angels. Read it and then pray about it. We don't pray or, or to, to our worship angels, but there are numerous events that took place in the Bible and in, in the book of Acts that God used them to accomplish his will in the kingdom. And I also encourage you to understand that everything that has to do with the angels and prayer has to clearly backed up by scripture or it's nothing more than just pure fantasy. But in that prayer book, I call the Bible, in that prayer book, the scriptures identify seven divisions of angels that can help every spirit-filled church in our nation and world to fulfill the will of God. In Exodus 33, verse 2, Revelations 10 and 1, mighty angels. Luke 22, 43, Psalms 34, 30, uh, 34, 7, guardian angels. Hebrews 1 and 14, ministering angels. And it goes on in Acts chapter 12, verse 11, elect angels. Zechariah 1, 13, archangels. Genesis 3 and 24, cherubims. Revelations 22 and 16 speaks of seraphim. All of these angels are there to help you. They are God's warriors. Glory to God. And in seasons of affliction, the first season of prayer is when you, season of great personal difficulty. Second season of prayer is when you are in, in great darkness. The third season of prayer is during times of affliction, either in body or spirit. James chapter 5 verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let them pray. Is any merry? Let them sing psalms. Psalms 18.6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Psalms 116.3-6. The sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Verse 5, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. Verse 6, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. When affliction and pain settles in our lives, there is a passion that pours out of our prayers. If there is no passion and feeling in our prayers, little becomes accomplished. Cold prayers even find cold welcome. God expects that in hath always been the care of holy men in their ex exoneration and application, extraordinary application to this duty of prayer to wind up their afflictions to a pitch higher than ordinary, having the advantage of some special occasion to help. Look to the midnight. Look to the midnight and you find Jacob wrestling with God at Jabbok, Genesis 32 verse 28. He was literally fighting for his life. He strained, he sweated, he twisted, he turned, and he fought in, in his place of prayer. 
Rachel wrestled, Genesis 30 and 8. Moses wrestled for the glory of God. Hannah wrestled in prayer. Jesus wrestled in prayer. The early church wrestled in prayer. Paul wrestled in ministry. We wrestle, Ephesians 6 and 10. But the greatest praying done in the place of affliction was that experienced by the Lord. His agony, his agony was over the top. His affliction had a cold, hard grip on him. His praying was marked by sighing and crying. That is what we have to do. When our world is literally heaving and falling to the ground, we have let our afflictions move us into a place of incredible strengthening prayer. Now it's time that the church arise and bring back that powerful prayer, that Holy Ghost prayer, where the Holy Spirit delivers our prayers directly to God. Hallelujah. When Brother Dross was in Pembroke for military training, he would go on Saturday afternoons to shooting range because no one was there. During those days, all the other military boys would go into town and party, carouse, and just do what sinners do. But Brother Dross would go out and pray and get direction from God. One afternoon he was praying and the Lord told him to go to the hospital in Pembroke. He did not even know where the hospital was in Pembroke, but since it was such a large city, he went back to the barracks and put on his dress uniform and managed to get a ride to town. When he got to the hospital, the nurses let, let him go to the ward where all of the boys were, but not really knowing what to do or what to say. He spent just a small amount of time before going down the hall. He did not go far until he saw a sign that said, no visitors allowed. So he figured this must be where God wanted him and where he was needed. As he walked in, and walked down this hall, he passed a door that was slightly open and heard a one woman sobbing. She was at his bedside of a boy who was literally wrapped from head to toe in bandages. She was kneeling and praying desperately for this boy who appeared to be about 14 or so. Brother Dross felt a lot of compassion for this woman and quietly walked over and asked if he could help. The lady asked him if he was Pentecostal. <coughs> He told her that he was, to which she began to cry even more, telling him that she had been praying for the Lord to send someone to pray for her son. Brother Drost walked over to the bedside, laid his hands upon the boy and prayed for him. And immediately the boy opened his eyes and asked, Mom, why are you crying? Jesus has put his hands on many, many people. And the boy said to his to his mother, Jesus has put his hands on my head and I know that I am going to be all right. Brother Dross was amazed at the swiftness with which the healing had taken place and quietly slipped out of the room. Three days later, he returned to the hospital to check on the boy. When he inquired, one of the nurses asked if he was the soldier who had come to pray for the boy. And he told her that he was. And she then told him that the boy had been run over by a steamroller but had completely recovered, much to the surprise of the physicians. The physician told Brother Dross that practically every bone in that boy's body had been broken, and they had told the family that he would die. But only the Lord God could do something to heal him. Brother Dross later met the family who lived in, in uh, another town. He would often reflect how the Lord spoke to him on the way to the rifle range. It was a praying mother during a time of affliction that brought the Lord's healing. You see, you never know what 
what levers you are pulling that will move mountains when you pray during your pain. This is the time that I have spoken to the church, Gospel of Faith Church, and told them that collectively as a church, we need to pray with power, Holy Ghost power, hell-shaking prayer power. And I speak to you as a broadcast now, all my prayer partners, my prayer warriors out there that are seeking the same as I to serve the Lord our God. I speak to you the same way today with a call to action, to a call to prayer collectively all Christians to receive and to the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to, to hit their knees and begin to, to claim 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. In Jesus' name, I say release God's power in America and around the world again today. In the first season of prayer is when you are in a season of great personal difficulty. The second season of prayer is when you're in the greatest darkness. The third season of prayer is during times of affliction, either in the body or the spirit. The fourth season of prayer is when we are enduring a great buffeting of wicked temptations. We have been to battle in prayer to overcome a weakness of our own flesh. Words like mortify, kill, and destroy leap into the mind in the con consideration of fighting temptation of the world today, here in America, around the world. Romans 6 and 13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those are alive from the dead and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. Romans 8 and 13, for if we live after flesh, we shall die. But if we, ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Colossians 3, chapter 5, and, or chapter 5, verse, yeah. Colossians 3, 5 and 6, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, indignation, infection, evil uh, concupiscence, covenantness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. John Piper once wrote, Do you want to enter into life? Do you want to live? Get violent in, in Jesus' name. Get a wartime mindset. Stop making peace with ears and eyes and tongues and hands and feet that betray you like Judas and go over to the side of the enemy and become instruments of sin. Make war on your soul. Put to death the deeds of your body. In other words, repent and be saved. If you remember from Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, the Lord said that there are certain things that spirits can only be cast out through the work of prayer and fasting. Say it again. In Matthew 17, verse 21, the Lord said that there are certain things and spirits that can only be cast out through the work of prayer and fasting. This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. This kind of praying will bring the power of God as it did to Samson, so that you may pull down the devil's temple in your head. In seasons of slippery past, the first season was uh, personal difficulty. Second season, great darkness. Third season was uh, affliction in your body and your spirit. Fourth season of prayer is enduring the great buffetings of wicked temptation. The fifth season of prayer is when you are on a slippery path, slippery path a slippery slope. Jude chapter 24, know unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of glory and exceedingly great joy. 
Never before has our society been in a time when we experienced such a state of sinful living, both inside and outside of the church. The presence and the pressure is on every one of us to quit and to give it to what the devil longs to do in every one of our lives. But sinning times are a saint's praying times. Ezra, with a heavy heart, confessed the sin of his people. Ezra 9. Jeremiah wept in his soul for the pride of the nation. Jeremiah 13, 17. There is a great power that comes to us in prayer, especially under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Those times of prayer that are marked by deep intercessory praying with tears. Tears have a way of prevailing through the coarseness of our heart, ushering repentance into our heart. We pray for America right now. We cry out for America right now. We cry out for the world around us. We demand to go back to the time of peace and tranquility. And that demand comes with greatness of your prayer and your, your supplication is now, is now, saints of God. It is our time as Christians to bring America back to her knees. That first season of prayer, personal difficulty. Second, great darkness. Third, affliction either of body or spirit. Third season of prayer, enduring great bufferings of wicked temptation. The fifth season is when you are on a slippery path. The sixth season of prayer is at the moment of great faith and spiritual accomplishment. This might be perhaps the most difficult time to pray. When you are high and, and with faith and by the brink of seeing God do something mighty, how easy it to forget God during those times when we are ecstatic with what taking place in our personal lives or we are seeing some great revival about to take place. It's not time to stop. It's time to start really praying with all supplication, praying always, ceasing not to, not to, never ceasing to, to stop praying. It was at the walls where just about to, to, to fall in Jericho that the Lord told them to shout. Shout. It was a, just about the time that Israel was to experience victory over Jehoshaphat's choir broke up. And they broke out. It was just about the time when David was about to take Goliath down that he shouted. See, moments of victory require times of prayer and worship. When our faith is at its highest pitch, there ought to be prayer, exclamation, pouring out of the hearts. How far, how far are you willing to go? That great question in our walk with God. How far are we willing to go? At the end of the World War II, Brother Dross was still in England when he determined to go to see the famous Smith Wigglesworth, a plumber that God had greatly used in the area of healing. Brother Dross got a three-day leave and went to Bradford and visited the town of Yorkshire. After a bit, Wigglesworth's wife let him in. When Brother Dross reached out to shake Wilson's hand, he was immediately stopped by him, and he was told to sit down and to be at ease. The first question Wilworth confronted him with was, who had sent him, and then what are you doing, going to do with your life? Brother Dross told him that he knew that God had called him for the work and the ministry, and Wigglesworth then, with piercing eyes, demanded to know, do you think God will call a man who has pride in his heart? Brother Dross replied that if he had pride in his heart, he did not know it, that it was the devil's job to hide our pride, Wigglesworth said. 
But I see pride in you because you are wearing a ring. Pull it off now. Brother Dross' mind, revelation exploded. The beautiful ring that is given to him by Holland, in Holland, and he had often thought how snappy and cool he looked with it on. He had been proud watching the light glint off of it. Brother Dross was amazed and had no argument with Wigglesworth and flung it down before the men. Immediately, Wigglesworth began to speak in tongues. He, evenly and slowly, the tongues came. Then the interpretation came. God has spoken to you through a flaming vision. You will go to Columbia. You will witness for Jesus Christ. But remember, there are devils on the street. There are devils in the air. There are devils everywhere. Prepare to fight the devil himself. To fight against the powers of the devil because not only will you find them out on the streets, but you will find them among people who associate with as much, undoubtedly. You will find you have been with some people who you think are your friends, but you are not your friends. Then Wiggleworth looked at him with great compassion and began to pray for him. Brother Doss was unable to contain himself and sat down in his seat, fear of falling down. Never before had he been so overpowered by the spirit of prophecy. Wiggleworth sat down beside him and began to give him abomination, uh, uh, domination and advice, telling him that God had a wife for him and that she, they would spread the gospel to Columbia and beyond. But he strongly encouraged him to give himself to prayer. My take on this is simple. It's the most of us would have been so offended by Wiggleworth that we probably would have gotten up and stomped out of the place. The American church in her fast, sassy ways has gotten so worldly and filled with pride that we often cannot even recognize the voice of God. But if we ever get past our pride, if we ever get past our worldliness, if we ever get past our spiritual lethargy, if we ever get past our feelings or our, our rights, and if we ever get past our lack of commitment and just start praying, praying, church, praying, my prayer partners, my warriors, there is no telling what God would do. How far are you willing to go? You know, I say many times, people say, I hear you say, my prayer partners, my warriors, I speak on behalf of the Lord our God. You are certainly his prayer partners, his prayer warriors. I am a servant of the most high God. And I serve. I serve faithfully. Here at, at, at the... Uh, Broadcast Center, the, the recording studio, as well as, as pastoring Gospel of Faith Church. And I serve there as a humble servant of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray ye get back to a time of simple prayer when we pray together, together as one in the Spirit, that we may take back America and then the world around us. Bring peace, O Lord God, we pray. Bring peace tranquility back to this world we are not lost we are not lost souls we are God's people and we humble ourselves and we pray turning from our wicked ways and seeking the face of God that he may heal our land Well, praise the Lord. I'm so happy that you were here to listen in on these 
part one and part two of six uh, spiritual warfare. You know, this is a time, my friends, when we certainly are in a spiritual war. It is not by flesh and blood, but it is by the Spirit. It's by God's might. It is by God's might and by His Spirit that we will win this, this spiritual warfare, this battle. We see it in the streets of America every day. But when my people who are called by my name, God said, humble themselves and pray. Where can we pray? On the broadcast. Your, your wife, your, your children together, husbands, gather them around and pray in the evening. Husband and wife, pray together before retiring for the evening. I encourage you to pray always. <coughs> Excuse me. Pray always together. And let's turn this thing around. Take the blinders off. Take the scales from your eyes and see what's going on. <coughs> Forgive me. There's times coming. There's bad times coming. Or there's good times coming. How can we decree? By praying. By praying with all supplication. It is time that the church arise, that we open the doors of our churches, and we go back in and we begin to praise and worship our Lord. It's time that we have that conversation with God. Not worry about ourselves, but worry about all of ourselves. Heavenly Father, we come before you at the close of this series, at the close of this broadcast, thanking you, O Lord God, for your blessings, for opening our eyes, Lord, that we might see what's going on in the world around us, that we might see the wiles of the devils and what he's doing with the principalities of darkness, this army of, of, of horrible demons that is coming into our, our land. And may we recognize them for what they are, Lord God, demons from hell. And may we join together as one body of Christ. No matter what language you speak, no matter what country you're from, no matter where you are in your life, join together with us in the body of Christ and let us, let us rise back up. And let us bring God back to America and to the world again. Now, I say may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you until he brings us back again. If you enjoy these messages, I ask you to go to our website, spiritualawareness.net, spiritualawareness, all one word, .net, and help us out with the finances of this ministry. Your $1, $2, whatever donation you can afford, I know times are tough, but we're bringing the word of God to the world. Help us with this. This is no different than a crusade, no different than sitting in church and someone passing the offering tray. We need your help. And on that website, spiritualawareness.net, you'll see an appreciation page. When you help us out, you know, we have a place for t-shirts. We send out t-shirts and there's a place where you can you can donate for a Bible, a beautiful wide margin, large print, King James Version re reference Bible. 
with all the books in the Bible marked so you can make reference real quick. It's, it's, it's a beautiful Bible. It has spiritual awareness engraved on it. It comes in both a hardcover and it comes in a, in a soft leather cover as well. So won't you help us out? Help us spread the word of God. Again, spiritualawareness.net or the address is Spiritual Awareness, P.O. Box 11042, Fort Mojave, Arizona 86427. Now, with that, I'll say it again. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you till he brings us back once again. God bless you. Keep praying.